Welcome to Tactically Acquired. Our goal is to document military-connected living history in a fun and easy environment. We will capture the stories of our active duty, guard, reservists, veterans, ROTC, and their families, sharing their stories, adventures, and journeys across the military life cycle. The podcast is for anyone interested in joining the military, has been part of the military, or wishes to learn more about military life. In addition, we want to bridge the growing military-civilian divide through education. This is unfiltered, meaning we'll go over the good, the bad, and yes, maybe even the ugly of being a military-connected individual. I'm your host, Rusty Martis, a retired Air Force Mustang and OEF veteran, and I run the Veterans Resource Station at North Kentucky University. My special guest today is an NKU alum and a veteran and is still serving NKU at this time, but we'll get into that in just a bit. First, welcome and thank you for taking the time to be part of Tactically Acquired and talking about your living history. Uh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Greatly appreciate you. It, just to get things uh, going, can you just please state your name and the branch of service that you were in? My name is Will Love. The branch of service I was in is the United States Navy. Awesome. So first question is why the Navy? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, honestly, I wasn't trying to go to the Navy. Um, I did the one thing I shouldn't have done is me and a friend were going in together and we saw and we wanted to go into the Air Force and we saw a Navy guy walking past us and we asked him where our Air Force recruit station was at and he convinced us to come over there to him. His name's David Clark. I will never forget his name. <laughs> and that's how I ended up going to the Navy versus the Air Force. So you end up joining the Navy. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, so I always ask this of every Navy person I talk to, <laughs> and I have come across a few. I was kind of shocked when I first uh, got this answer, uh -huh. but uh, were you on a ship or not on a ship? No, I was on a carrier. A carrier? Yeah, I was on a, the real deal. The real big the real ones. Deal. For four years, I was on a carrier, and then two years, I was a carrier out of Bremerton, Washington, named a, a USS Nimitz. Oh, wow. CVN-68, uh, the first nuclear carrier. And then two years in a training squadron in Whidbey Island, um, Washington, um, BAQ-129. It stands for Tactical Electronic Warfare Squadron 129, the Vikings. So Wow, go Vikings. Yeah. So, yeah. so it just fits you right in here. Yeah. Up. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. That, that brought you here. Yeah. We'll get to that point here yeah. in just a minute. Yeah. But uh, so what did you end up doing from an job perspective in the Navy then? So for me to tell you that, I got to tell you what happened before the Navy. Absolutely. I, that summer, I was working, I went working with my uncle to go work at my great uncle's um, construction company just for the summer to try to get some money and try to figure out what I'm going to do after high school, right? Mm -hmm. And so we went, um, and the job was to um, take up this sidewalk on the city of Chicago. I'm born and raised in Chicago. So the sidewalk, break it up pick up the concrete, throw it in the back of the truck. That was the first day. And so after that first day, I get home. I think I slept the best ever in my life after that. Good day's and hard I just work. I think I'm about 18 years old at this yeah. time. I think I end up falling asleep on the couch. I was so tired. My uncle comes, said, hey, nephew, let's go. I'm like, I'm not doing that again. No. And I told my mom right after that, the next job I have, I'm going to be in an office, Air condition, I am not doing anything physical like that. So when I opportunity go to the Navy, you know, you take the test and they say, hey, you can, these are the jobs you can have, this, this, and this, and that. And so I questioned, like, what's this? Okay, what's that? What's this? And they said, yeoman. 
I was like, well, what's that? Oh, you're in an office, like administration, administrator, uh, typing, this and this and that. And I took typing in high school. I was like, that's it. That's it. So that's how I ended up uh, having a yeoman, an administrator, administration oh. and stuff, typing and stuff like that. So, okay, very yeah. cool. And so two things. Uh, First thing that popped up in my mind when you were talking about the, the story, mm-hmm. uh, what time frame are we looking at this oh, you, you said so, you came right out of high school correct right so i graduated high school of, in june of 90 i joined i think that summer okay but i did not leave until december gotcha. so i turned 19 in november actually i think i left the day after christmas you know i flew to uh, orlando so you didn't uh, end up doing your basics in orlando oh then. thank god yes. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't want to go to winter chicago doing basic but yeah i went to orlando yeah it brings me up to the second question you uh, mentioned chicago White Sox or Cubs? Well, I, so I'm born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Okay. Um, but I, my dad always watched the Cubs. So Jody Davis, Ryan Semberg, uh, Andre Dawson, all, all those guys. Ron Say, I knew them. I didn't know the Sox. Right. I, you know, I didn't know the Sox. But um, not until I got older, I really realized, I realized the south side, north side thing. And, and when people ask me that to this day, now I say both. I don't, they're both family to me. There so, you go. Uh, well, well, the ultimate answer would have been the Cincinnati Reds, right? No. <laughs> no, and actually, I lived here longer than I lived in Chicago. Okay. But I still do not claim Cincinnati. <laughs> Chicago is my heart, my home. I bleed Chicago. Yeah. And it will be that way till I die. So. Well, I bled into that a little bit uh, because of the Chicago. Yeah, uh, I get Cincinnati. you. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Just like okay. we like to, as veterans, like kind of rib each other about uh, Navy, you know, Navy, because I was an Air Force guy. So yeah, I'm Marines. sure you get plenty of it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So. Let's go back to when you went to basics then. So you said you went to basics in Orlando. What oh. was basic like kind of for you? Growing up in Chicago, um, I went to school in the suburbs, but I lived in the city. I used my grandmother's address because it was just better school out mm-hmm. there. Um, um, not like, you know, way up better, but it was just better school. And so I used to take my sisters out. So I learned responsibility and accountability and just a, had a strong mindset in my teens. And so when I got to the uh, boot camp, I saw a lot of immaturity, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. And for me, it was things were just, I didn't see the way they see, you know, when they, they're yelling, I was like, okay, it's their job to yell. Right. It wasn't no big deal, but they're, you know, you could tell that it bothered a lot of them emotionally. And for me, it just was, it's like, I understand it's their job because sometimes you would talk to them talk to them and it's like talking to me and you right. in my mind I know okay this is this is all like a game to get you to do what you want to do so but going there it was different it was hot you know mm-hmm. was, you know I left Chicago in a winter coat got off the plane in Florida and they were shorts so that freaked me out and that was the f- first time I was on a plane in my life okay um so a lot of stuff that was new um Never been to Florida, never been outside of really Chicago other than going to Mississippi to visit people, family. So never really traveled. Um, so it, w- it wasn't bad. It, w- it wasn't bad. The physical part wasn't bad. I played football. Okay. So, you know, I'm just coming from that. Um, the mental part wasn't that bad for me. Um, the heat and the cockroaches oh. is what 
uh, something I had to get used to to where I had the size and that they fly. <laughs> that freaked me out as right. a kid. Well, I guess now in my 50s, I say a kid. Right. Because um, I know it's. Um, one day I had to do watch duty in the middle of the night at the door in the barracks. Everybody's sleeping. I'm standing there. And at the door, this huge cockroach start flying towards me. And I freak out and start running the other way. And it kept coming after me. And, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing I remember in, um, in boot camp other than felling the physical to get out. Because the guy said, I'm doing my sit-ups. My hand slipped. I don't think it did. And I was dating some girl at the time, and I was planning on going to visit her afterwards. And I was like, man, don't tell me I have to do all this you know, over again. So we had to do the, you know, let, let you retry it. Mm -hmm. And I think I ran the fastest in my life that day <laughs> just to get out of there and just how to go see her and everything. If I remember correctly, back around that time frame, I think basic training for the Navy was about eight weeks long. So you were about eight, nine weeks gone from being home and... And so you were ready to get out of there. So golf war just started. Golf war just kicked off and started mm -hmm. as well. So yeah. After you left basic, then you went to is it yeoman training? Yeah. So if, yeah, after after basic, you go home for a week or two. Gotcha. Then you, I went down to Meridian, Mississippi. Um, the base there, it could have been a couple of months, but yeah, yeoman training there for a couple months or so and then go then i went home for about a month girlfriend came up there stayed with me for the whole month she wasn't she was from out of state um and i flew from there to left there to go to Bahrain for like two days three days in a hotel and then they flew i flew in a helicopter with the back out i'm, I'm still all this is new to me you know i see sand then the next thing you know you see water and about 20 day 20 minutes later you see this big tank floating in the water, like, how in the hell is this floating? Right. Well, that's that's interesting because um, you actually met the ship, it sounds like, while it was mm -hmm. en route somewhere. So mm -hmm. you actually flew, uh, first time you ever flown, it was the basic well, training. Training, but it, this, Then you've flown several times since then, back and uh, forth, the basic training, uh, or uh, uh, tr your yeah. AIT or your yeoman's training, mm -hmm. and then the Bahrain, then you then took the a helicopter. The long flight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and come to find out, like, coming back, because they call it deployment, you know, six-month mm -hmm. deployment, but I met, that was three months. I guess I was right in the middle of it. Uh, a couple of they, they crash. Uh, there was a few times, because I did two deployments, so I, that was my first time, and I went, did a six-month, two or three years later, or something like that, but I don't remember, I remember one time, and one crashed in the Persian Gulf, didn't find anybody. They said they saw sharks. And then one crashed right before we got to Hawaii going back or right after Hawaii. Didn't find anyone. And it was like the same helicopters. Wow. Um, but, yeah, so that, that was interesting. I got on the USS Nimitz June 19th, 1991. Okay. So Gulf War is pretty much ending. 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 You had the it, Southern Watch, but you still had activity. It was still shooting. There was a couple of times they were shooting at us and, you know, the battleships and the planes had to get off and, you know, shoot at them and do all this and that. So it was towards the end. Yeah, it was towards the end, yeah. Yeah, that, so you jumped right out of uh, basics in the training, yeah. right into a ship, right into really the, the we won't say the peak of the Gulf War, kind of downside of the Gulf War, but you're right there. Yeah. I mean, as a 19-year-old yeah. man, uh, mm -hmm. right out of Chicago. Yeah, so... I didn't tell his story. So when I got on the ship, they took me to personnel. Went to personnel, then they took me to the department where I was going to work at. I uh, met my master chief, Master Chief Radley, great guy. 
Um, he said, all right, just go get them packed, come back the next day, at 6 o'clock in the morning or 7, you know. It's like, okay, so I unpacked, got in my rack, and cried with the, my face in the pillow, said, what did I do? What is this? What did I do? And saw this guy that was in the barracks, and he looked crazy. His shirt was off. His eyes were bucked. And he was just looking at me, staring. You know how they do new people or whatever. <laughs> and he's my best friend still to this day now. That's funny how that works yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And so you end up, you said you spent about three months on ship during that period of time. Uh-huh. So after you left, so you're, I'm assuming, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, you're in the Gulf? On uh, the Gulf, yes. Okay. And you take little ports on the way back. Yeah, okay, you took ports on the way back to? Uh, Bremerton, Washington. It's about an hour outside of Seattle. Okay. Yeah, but you go from like Persian Gulf to Thailand for about four or five days, hang out there, whatever. Um, Singapore, Hong Kong. Hawaii, San Diego, then up to Washington. So did you join the Navy to travel? Because that's certainly what you're doing, no, right? No, I, I joined the Navy because in high school I didn't apply myself. Gotcha. And I was good in football, captain of the football team, went to the state championship, but I didn't apply myself in my junior, freshman, sophomore, junior year. So my grades wasn't up to par. Now these days now you could go, it doesn't, you know, you could go to college with you know, it's different now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't want to be hanging around, you know, the mom and dad, depending on mom and dad at home. I didn't want to be that type of kid. Because remember I said I, I was a responsible type of kid. I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what can I do? Um, it's not their fault that I didn't apply myself. So um, that's I went into the military. That's why I decided to go in. And um, when I got out, my mom said that she could see a difference, the, uh, the positive difference in me never skipped school, never played hooky, never got suspended, never was in fights, never won, you know, in the streets like that, you know. Um, I never had a curfew because my mom said I, I was always home mm. or at my cousin's house. Right. So she didn't have to worry about me. So, um, but that's why, you know, I, I went in. Well, I want to get back to that mm-hmm. uh, because you have obviously set yourself up for success for what you're a kind of accomplished in what you do today. Mm-hmm. And I want to get into that in just a bit, but I, want to, I don't want to jump away from some of the important things that you mentioned. Uh, one was the amount of travel that you actually did mm-hmm. while you were in the service, but you also said you had a second deployment as well. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned that you were on an aircraft carrier. Yes. So a big tanker, boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't call it a tanker. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to say boat neither ship, yeah, I guess is it's the proper uh, term. They say it's three football fields long and one football field wide. Which is just and mind-boggling. About, yeah, and I don't know how many stories. I mean, it's yeah. it's deep, yeah. So um, how many, or a rough estimate, uh, do you know about how many were actually stationed on your ship? I think it was about 3,000 maybe. Okay. Because uh, right, when we own a full deployment, they say it's about 5,000. Wow. Like it's a little city. It's like a floating yep. city. So when we were on full deployment, it was like 5,000. But I think it was probably around 3,000. And there were time, I'm sure there were people on there with four years just like me. And it's so big, you'd never seen them. Wow. You know, and I'm sure there's places I'd never seen on the ship uh, outside of the restricted ones. But I'm saying there's, there's places I'm sure I'd never seen because it's so big and didn't have a really reason to go that way. But it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. and you're from Chicago, which mm-hmm. is not a small city. It's not a small city, yeah. yeah so confined into this little small, small space. But yeah. I, I have two, two of my best friends right to this day come from that. And one of the best friends lived a mile and a half from me in Chicago, and I met him in the Persian Gulf. Ain't that crazy mm-hmm. as well? Yeah. Um, so, what, talk a little bit about your second deployment. What was, where was that to? And what well, was that like? second deployment was a lot different because I was married at this time. I got okay. <laughs> so, um, 
married with a child, just had a child uh, December, and I think I left February 1st, uh, to February 1st, so I can't remember yeah. what, what. And um, so, of course, that, you know, pulled on our own emotions and the heart, mm-hmm. you know, my oldest daughter. Uh, she's 30 now. Um, and so it, it was harder. Well, I wouldn't say it was harder, but it was instead of leaving home, this time now it's leaving home with, with my family right. and, and going there. So it was, it was, it was harder to, to do, but it was pretty much the same same routes and everything, um, just backwards, you know, San Diego to pick up squadron, airplanes to fly on, um, squadron people, then Hawaii, the same thing, there's squadron, you know, Navy there to get on, Hong Kong for four or five days, and, you know, about a three out of five, four out of five days or whatever, you get to hang out, um, you know, you don't have to report back until the ship's ready to go, whatever time that is, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then Hong Kong, Singapore, Thailand, and then you're in a Persian Gulf for three months. And, you know, you'll be out for 29 days or 30 days, and then they'll pull in for five days, hang out in Dubai, get back on for another month. It's three weeks, you're in the water, turn around, you don't see anything ever. Like, you just see water. You water. do 360 and don't see anything. Yeah. Um, and then it's just like a repeat, you know, three, four weeks in for four, four or five days, out for three, four weeks if, until the battle next battle group that's coming to replace you shows up and then you just retract where you came from back to Thailand back to Singapore back to Hong Kong back to Hawaii drop them off drop them off in San Diego and back home in Washington State wow yeah so a lot of water time yeah so at, at work right now they say well you're so calm like you're always calm and I was like other than you know family events I said when you out in the middle of the ocean, like literally in the middle of the ocean, and you do a 360 and know there is nothing around, that's a fear. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're not nervous about that, that's a real fear. And I said, but what we do here at work compared to that is nothing. nothing because there's times that there was smoke alarm, fire alarm going off in the armory, and you're talking about <laughs> millions of tons of ammunition and bombs on, on board, right. fires, it's all the different things that happen, getting shot at it in golf, um, a plane crashing on. I mean, that's scary. And you're in the middle of the ocean and nothing you could do. Where are you going to go? It, it reminds me of what a lot of people say just about veterans in general, having that experience, mm-hmm. especially right out of high school. Um, and I know when I, I came to NKU originally, I was just a too immature to go to college, and I ended up joining the military from yeah. NKU. Yeah. And so I never became an alum, unlike you, which you are an alum, um, because I needed that time to grow up a yeah. little bit. And the military it, it, it worked for me, me too, the exact same thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So once you um, then got back, now I guess I have two more questions for you before mm-hmm. I get off the Navy yeah, thing. Uh, strictly Navy question. Mm-hmm. Are you a wog or I'm a, a shellback? A shellback. <laughs> shellback all the way. All the way. And that, and that was an experience <laughs> itself. But yes, I'm a shellback. All my friends are a shellback. Um, it's an experience like no other. I could tell you that. It's the. It, <laughs> it's it's. I'm sure you heard stories about it and everything, right? I have. But you won't, be, you won't be. I love for you to share anything that you might have experienced. All right. And so. <laughs> I did it during my night when I was the first time over there. So on the way back, you got to get, when they dip, I guess we're getting close to Singapore. We dip up under equator. And so they were telling me about this. And Master Chief Riley, hey, you're going to be a walk. You're going to be this. So the peer pressure and everything. And being from Chicago, I'm like, okay, what is whatever. this? Whatever this is. Yeah. So um, I don't know who 
or how many people have seen a carry-on on the inside. It's pretty big, like a huge warehouse. I mean, you could fit 40 uh, aircraft pl planes inside, inside, not, on, not just on top, inside, inside. inside. Yeah. So um, it's huge. So <laughs> they tell you. So, okay, two weeks before, the people and, and like the supply and the mess, the cooks, they saved the milk, all these different foods and liquids in the barrels for this day. <laughs> and you're like, okay, all right, this is getting interesting. That's 19, like, what is going on here? So they tell you, get, wrap up your hand with some cloth like a T-shirt and get, have either knee pads or something around your knees. Because once you enter into, into the um, hangar up under the carrier, in the carrier, you're not able to walk unless you're a shellback. So you have to crawl. And the length of, like I said, is three football fields long. Yeah, yeah. So you're probably going of two-thirds of the length zigzagging through, uh, through the carrier on your hands and knees. And it might take an hour or two to get. So as you're going through, you, you end up on the up on the lift where they take the planes from the underneath and bring them up top. So you end up on the lift. Again, you on the lift, there's nothing to stop you from going over. You just got to make sure you just don't go over. You go up on the lift and you continue to crawl and there's this line. <laughs> and you go through, you they you know, call your names or whatever it is. And as you're going through, you have to you dip into whatever mixture they were having, they put on you, pour on you, and then sometime, if you're lucky, you don't have to do this. For I didn't have to do this. So they get a guy, normally it's a, a veteran guy, with a belly, a nice big beer belly, and he has smeared stuff on his belly, maybe sardines or whatever, and he said, kiss the baby. <laughs> and on your hands and knees, you gotta kiss the baby. <laughs> and as you're going through all this, I think the last thing you do is dip your whole body into this. I have no idea. No, it's probably talk. I have no idea what hot it is. Hot mess. Huh? It's a hot mess. Yeah. You come out and there's nothing you you can't keep anything that you. I mean, there's nothing that you want to keep and wear again because of smell. And you end up. So once you get through that, you can stand up, and um, and walk and get back. But anything, including your shoes, you you cannot keep again because it's. The stuff is that disgusting and stays, and you smell for a few days after that. Wow. But I don't know how they do it now because now they have, when I was in the Navy on a carrier, it was strictly men. Yeah. Right when I was leaving, they got their first lead, the lieutenant or chief, female chief. So how they do it now, I don't know because there are guys that would take their clothes off and walk back with just their shoes on because it stinks and smells that, that much. Yeah. And, but I don't know what's being done to do that nowadays. But, yeah, I'm a shellback. You're a shellback. All, all day long. So you're not a filthy wog is what I've been told. No, you're a shellback. You're I'm a card holder. That's right. And so on and so forth. That's right. Awesome. And so you had mentioned earlier that you spent um, four years in the service. Is that Four correct? years on a carrier. Okay. And two years at the training squad. That's right. And yeah. two years at the training squad. Mm -hmm. So where is the training squad located? Whidbey Island, Washington. It's Oak Harbor. The city of okay. Oak Harbor. The base is uh, uh, Naval Air Station, Whidbey Island. Um, it's about an hour or two from Vancouver. Okay, gotcha. Uh, maybe two hours from Seattle. It's on an island. Only way to get on is a ferry or a uh, bridge. Well, a beautiful place. It was beautiful. If I had a lot of family out there, well, I'm no longer married to my first wife. We're right. good friends and everything. But um, if I had family, 
more family out there, I probably would have stayed. Wow, that's yeah, awesome. Probably would have stayed. Very yeah. cool. So what? How? Once you got done with that assignment, um, where'd you end up going? How? Which which assignment? Uh, the, the the ship or the? After you finished your military time. Okay. After so, what did you say? What did I do? Yeah. How? Where did? You, how'd you end up back here in the local area? I guess even even though you're not near Chicago. Okay. okay. Um, so, quick story. So yeah. when was this? While I'm at this. The squadron. After my four years in the Navy, I mean, on the ship, while I'm in a squadron, my mom and dad uh, separate, going through divorce around the same time as me. Uh, but my mom and dad were cool. They were mm-hmm. real cool and everything. And so I leave there, come back to go to college. I went to Southern Illinois University. Okay. I wanted to be far away from Chicago as I can because I knew how I was in high school, Was didn't, didn't take advantage of it. And I didn't want all of the distractions from friends and family back at home. I wanted to be. So two of my buddies from the Navy, we all went to school together. We oh, all wow. came back and went to school together. So while I'm there, right before I graduated, or while I'm there, my mom's job, L'Oreal purchased a company she worked for there. So they said, hey, we want to keep you, but you got to go to Jersey, North Carolina, or Florence, Kentucky. So she picked Florence because it was closer to oh, Chicago. Wow. And so before I graduated Southern Illinois, my dad said, hey, your mom's out there by herself. When you graduate, you need to go out there with her. So I said, okay. So graduated, I came this way. That's how I ended up here. Wow, that's, yep. that's interesting. Yep. And um, now when you went to Southern Illinois, did you use your military yes, educational did. benefits? Yes, I did. did. How was that transition out of the military going into college for you? Is there any, you're obviously successful in getting through that. Any tips or tools that you might have out there that somebody is going through that right now? So I think the best thing that happened for me to, I would say, transition to, that helped me in college is what I had. I had two friends with me from right. the military Absolutely. and that support there because mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, I don't, I, I probably strong, probably say the percentage wise, if they weren't there, I don't know if I would have finished because a lot of times, you know, that motivation you get that motivation from others, not that they told me, hey, Will, that's Harry, but when you have that support and you have friends around you that's like you, that you went through stuff, and y'all both have the same goal, mm-hmm. all our degrees were different, right? but we all had the same goal, and that's what I think was a benefit for me is to have friends that, you know, one was from Chicago, and then you have the other one, like he's like probably, you know, both of those guys are my best friends. Um, have your two best friends with you right. in college and living off campus together and, um, you know, and being 24, 25, and, you know, was was pretty, you know, the experience was pretty good too because you're a little bit more mature and, and everything and um, is able to do um, things that others were not able to do in a sense of just, you know, you have the GI Bill, you're able to get jobs or this and that. But I think my friends, the support of others, um, is, is was beneficial. Absolutely. Was beneficial for me, yeah. And yeah. got rid of the distractions in Chicago um, as well. Yeah, yeah. great point. Yeah. And so you end up in Florence, because I want to talk about what you're, how you got to NKU. So we didn't mention this earlier, but again, I'm assuming here, but since you were so young when you joined the service, I'm assuming that you joined as an enlisted member. Yeah. And then you got, when you got out, you went to school. Um, Southern Illinois, and then so you end up in Florence, Kentucky, yeah. in a 
roundabout way. <laughs> totally different than Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Totally than Chicago. Uh, uh, yeah, all I, I remember when I first came here, all I saw was Kentucky Blue, <laughs> mullets, and pickup trucks. That's that's what I saw a lot of. I don't see it as much as I did when I first came, but in 2001, I definitely saw a lot of that. Uh, that was my next question. When did you get here? Because I could definitely see that happening at that time frame. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I grew up around these parts, and I can definitely say it was there. And I, 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 I joined the military to get away. Yeah. You know, twenty some years later, uh-huh. I end up my find my way back as well. But uh, so you end up in Florence, Kentucky. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, you're at NKU now. Yeah. How how did you end up here, here at, at NKU? NKU? All right, so um, I came to Kentucky, um, found a job. I was working for at the time it was Lazarus, and then became Macy's. Um, after a year, I became a uh, senior exec. I was a um, loss prevention manager, security manager for them. Mm-hmm. And I did it for two, th- three years, maybe three years, and hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, just did not like it. I'll go to work and have a headache mm-hmm. uh, and, until I leave. And as soon as I get in the parking lot, it was gone. Um, and I was like, you know what? I got to do something different. You know, I love to teach. Um, I love to be a history teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to do that. So found NKU. Actually, I quit the job. Um, I was dating my wife at the time. And I was like, she, she stayed with me, huh? <laughs> and, you know, I had a part-time job. I, I literally was working part-time, Toys R Us, uh, a couple of other places, and going to school here to be a teacher. And after a year, so I ended up working for parking services. Like I was 31 years old or something at the time. And... And what happened, uh, they kept asking me to join the police department here at NKU, and I didn't want to do it. I wanted to be a teacher. It was going to be a long road to be a teacher, longer than I thought, because I had a bachelor's degree. I thought, okay, maybe two years and I'll be done. Right. No, it wasn't wasn't yeah. like that. And so I started working parking, and then I got to know the police department pretty well. And I was like, okay, I like what they're doing at least. And the other thing was they pay for school for me. Okay. So I started working about a year. I wanted to go back. But I was like, you know what? Nah. I'm gonna go get my master's degree. So I ended up getting a master's degree from here. And that's how I that's how I ended up, you know, actually how I ended up coming police was I went to a career fair thinking it was for like jobs, like, you know, but it was for student workers. Ah. And I ended up meeting um Tuberti, David Tuberti. He worked for the police department. I think he was a captain or something or a sergeant at the time. And I met him and he's like, You should think about blah blah blah. And that's how I got on to parking, and he kept asking me, and finally did it. And since 05, I'm still here. Wore you down, huh? Yeah. Well, hard. you've obviously been successful, and we didn't mention this earlier, but you're a lieutenant in the police department here yeah. at NKU, yeah. so yeah. You, you've been very successful. Do you believe or think that your military time helped you, kind of set you up uh, for the rest of your life, for the success that you've seen? Um, I think that's a big part of it to look at life differently okay. and to understand, you know, I, 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 how, you know, it takes effort and, you know, hard work. Um, it's not some, you know, I don't want something given to me. I want, you know, I want the challenge at the same time, um, try new things. And I think I got a lot of that through while I was in the, in the Navy. Um, saw life a little different because I'm a kid from Chicago, never really left. And then you get out and you see things different. And But I think one of the biggest things, not, not only military, it's more of the people that's in your surrounding, your circle. And that continues to this day. I have the guys from the military still around me. And and met my wife. My wife had her master's degree. I had my bachelor's. I wasn't going back to school for nobody. <laughs> I was done. But I met her and all her friends had their master's. And you know what? 
I could do this too if they could do it. Right. So I went back and did that. Then I have friends, you know, my kids, uh, my daughter's god dad and her and a godmom went back and got the MBAs from Harvard. And I'm like, who them? What? They got the MBA Harvard. And then others going to doctor. Then I got a friend going to his PhD. And I'm like, wow. So right now I'm about a semester away from getting my doctorate. That's awesome. Congratulations. So, but I th- so I think the military started it. Gave me that push to mm-hmm. to see see things different and understand what it takes. And, you know, your right people around you. Because I saw a lot of people get in trouble in the military. Right. <laughs> doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And then once, you know, the, re- the the military molded me to a certain per- to a certain person and say, okay, go and go. And, and once I did that, I understood what it took to you keep your nose clean, how to, there's an opportunity, go get it, take advantage of it. That's what the military gave me. And then once I got out, you know, I, my people that surrounded me are, you know, for me, wants the best for me, I want the best for them. Um, but it's not like they say, you need to go get a doctor. You right. need to go get your master's. You need to do, none of them do that. But just being around them make you motivate to want to do more, not just for yourself, for others okay. as well. And be an example for others. Because they're an example for me. And I, my, the phrase I use is iron sharpers iron. So that's everybody around me. It's like, all right, you know, we sharpen each other. Because the guy that was getting his PhD, he stopped. COVID, had two kids became a principal during COVID. He was like, this is too much right now. So he, he slowed down, and then he saw the progress I'm in and that I'm almost finished. He's like, I'm going back. But that's what that's what it is. He's right. like, he see me. He's yeah. like, I'm going back. I'm go-. So yeah. he started going back. He started going back again. So, But I think because of that circle, who we are, he's a good friend of mine as well. He was at my wedding. That's what it takes. You know, Some people are able to do it by themselves. But um, you see a lot, you get, I think you get a lot with having that a good support system and people around you. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's wonderfully and beautifully said, quite yeah. honestly. Yeah. And uh, it sets up not only your success, but the success of others. And, yeah. and, and being able to portray that and show that mm-hmm. and just be the example, I think is pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And congratulations on almost being done with yeah. that PhD. Yeah. What would you end up getting your master's in? So what I knew as well, so the one thing the military taught me is to be a forward thinker. Don't just think now. Think. So I knew there was going to be a time, I don't know if it's retirement or whatever, that I'm going to get out of policing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get another criminal justice degree. That's why I laugh when you ask me what my degree is. <laughs> so it's, um, it was in a business department. Um, they don't have it now. They changed the name. It's, it was, it's, under, it's elect, executive leadership and organizational change. Okay. So I wanted something to where whatever I get out and do, it, it works. Right. It works for it. And so my, uh, my doctor is educational leadership as well. So I can go anywhere. And I didn't want to be stuck in some corner because all I did was crim- it was law enforcement and got criminal justice degrees. And, you know, I'm, I could do more. You know, and I tell students, I do presentations all the time. It's like, have a have a have something that you want to do, but don't say that's my goal because I don't want you to stop. You get to a certain place and I don't want you to say, oh, I made director of this such and such. Yeah, but you could do more. Don't, don't, yeah, that'd be a, a stepping stone. Let it continue to be. Because someone said, you want to be chief? Because that's I'm right up under the chief. So. Right. I'm like, how oh, you want to be? I was like, yeah, well, maybe. Um, we'll see. But it's not a goal. Um, you know, I have all, you know, the things to be chief. I have, you know, my resume or whatever. But it's just like, 
Chief might be nice, but that's not going to be my end. Right. You know, so I try to tell them, like, you know, keep, don't, don't stop. Okay, I want to go here, but when you get there, what's, what's next? What's next? Just don't stop. Keep learning um, and, and bring people, others up. And so that's my, that's my motto. Well, you got me motivated, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. My next question was going to lead me to my final question uh-huh. was if you had any advice for, you know, new, um, for military members that are transitioning out there, joining NKU, coming in here, and, and where they should go and what their next steps is. And, but you kind of hit all those points, and I think you yeah. did a great job motivating. But did you have anything else? Enjoy every day. Enjoy every experience Absolutely. you have coming in. No matter who it's with, someone that was another veteran, someone that wasn't a veteran, someone 18 years old that you meet. Because um, I, I met, you know, when I went in the military, I couldn't stand being away. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand going to these places. It was just like, oh, here we go to Thailand again, or here we go to Dubai. And the other day I'm looking at, all right, what's well, some nice resorts in Thailand? <laughs> you know, so I was like, man, I wish I could go back and enjoy those experiences. <laughs> so, so the 51-year-old me now says, Enjoy every experience you can, Will. So if I could go back, mm-hmm. that's what I would tell my old self before the military, well, in the military, right after the military. Um, it's like enjoy it, uh, take advantage of it. Um, you, you, you did some things that, you know, a lot of people uh, did some things or seen some places that, you know, majority of people in this world will never see. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while to see that because everybody tells me thank you and and. And not until I start talking about the places and people are like, wow. And I was like, oh, I really did do stuff, stuff that other people um, haven't done before. And right. um, it's just take advantage of the experience um, um, and be patient with the transition. Don't think that, you know, and within a few weeks things are going to be, you know, you're going to have it all or um, it's 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 take it takes time. It, it it's, some may be quicker than others, but enjoy it and you know try to meet people that's like you, people that's not like you, and that's the only way you're gonna grow. And so maybe somehow the quickest way you may get out of the the transition from from one to the other is you know meet people like you don't uh, don't always look for the veteran. Right. Look for look for others and. And not only to transition you out, but to help you grow um, and see things differently. You might find out, oh, maybe I need to go this route with school because I really enjoy this more because of this experience. So enjoy experience, create experiences. And, um, you know, maybe one day you want to go back to some of those places that you um, you visited and um, take some friends and say, this is where I was at. I was standing here a long time ago doing this and this and that, this exact spot. So... That was it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy life. Absolutely. And I think you hit on a bunch of great uh, suggestions, recommendations, tips, tools, whatever we want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, On that little one thing I really picked out of that, in addition to all the great things you said, was too often we forget about our own experiences because we surround ourselves by people that have similar experiences. Mm -hmm. When you get out there into those that don't have that same experience, the life you live was truly a living history. Yeah. And oh, yeah. You really made a difference. Yeah. I told, we're, we're going to Italy in June, me awesome. and my wife. And I told my wife. Are you going to take a cruise there? No. I'm flying. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't do, I don't like cruises. Of course, you probably know why, right? But no, we're flying there. And I told my wife, I said, you know what I'm going to do? So I'm going to buy a journal. 
And I said, I want to, every day we do something from the plane flight there all the way back. I want to write about my emotions and what I saw. She's like, why? I was like, so my grandkids, my great, great, great grandkids could say, could see how I felt and what I was doing on this day and this night. So yeah, creating cool. an experience for myself right. and leaving it for, for others. That's awesome. And maybe they could go back to the exact same spot. Absolutely. Put the address in there, the hotel I was at. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's really cool. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, Lieutenant, thank you so much. I appreciate I, mean, it. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to sit mm-hmm. down and talk and, and walking through kind of your living history. But again, setting up uh, some great uh, Easter eggs, nuggets, uh, tips, tools, whatever you want to call it, um, for those that are served and looking to transition, or even those that are thinking about joining the military, or even those. Uh, that might not have anything to do with the military, but some great uh, advice for them mm-hmm. moving forward and continuing to go on. Yeah. So thank you so very much. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.